All right, hello everyone. Hello Team NXT. Long time no speak to. I am CD Danny Mac bringing you episode 42 of the Undisputed Future podcast. This is February's Philadelphia Fallout. This will be covering the February 7th as well as 14th Valentine's Day editions of NXT. Now, life has been pretty crazy for me so far, so I do apologize for the little bit of a delay. I like to sum it up in these episodes where I can cover two editions of NXT, but I've recently became a dog dad to Colin. Colin is a Shiba Inu Corgi mix, and he's 100% good boy, but he's caused a little bit of a rift in my schedule, so I'm adjusting to him, and I'm adjusting to getting the podcast out, and this week was just sort of one of those things that happens. But Colin's here, new mascot for Team NXT. I'm here, ready to talk Philadelphia Fallout after the revolutionary event that was NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Undisputed Era goes war with Sanity on February 7th, and it started out with that Tag Team Championship clash that was supposed to happen, as well as Killian Dane taking on Adam Cole. Those were the two scheduled matches for the evening, but to kick off this episode of NXT, it was far from Civil, Undisputed Era, getting jumped by Sanity, Chaos thriving really early in this edition, Killian Dane taking out a couple security guards himself, And this war just keeps on escalating between these two factions. What's it going to take? William Regal thought it might take a six-man tag team match. Not just any six-man tag team match, but a six-man tornado tag team match. All six men legal at once at the same time to be this edition of NXT's main event. So a chaotic start to the February 7th edition of NXT, but we would eventually get some tag team action. Heavy Machinery, Tucker Knight, Otis Dozovic, the Tucker Train, and the Bulldozer take on the Big Money Athletes, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. The Big Money Athletes holding a win over Heavy Machinery due to some questionable finishing tactics by Riddick Moss. The dirty pin, the elevated pin with his feet on the ropes would secure them a win last time, but here in center stage, it was a rematch ready to happen, and Heavy Machinery was looking to change the results. Two, two powerful teams in this one. Moss and Sabatelli, you cannot sell their strength short. Two former NFL stars, and we know the size and the ability over 600 pounds of mass between the two members of Heavy Machinery. A three-point tackle stance taken by Heavy Machinery and some football-inspired offense being used against the big-money athletes in this one. I thought I'd throw in that little tidbit of information, as well as some Tino Sucks chants running rampant through center stage. You could say what you want about Sabatelli's in-ring ability. We all know he's really piecing the things together, and I tell you before, I'll tell you again, Tino Sabatelli looks like a star. He's got that rich boy attitude. He's got the Maserati. He's got the nice suits. The guy's The guy's pretty sculpted too, I say this with all my sexuality intact, but Tino Sabatelli has the look and he has the personality of a star. It's all a matter of when the point in his career is going to take off, and he seems to be on the right track as far as standing out on his own, but I'll get to that a little bit later. Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss would be victims of the bulldozer, hot tag, Otis Dozovic, really breaking out the offense in this one, including that large... Caterpillar 
Scotty Too Hotty approved version of the worm ending in that elbow drop. It's one of the most entertaining moves in the NXT roster across any division to this date so far. Tucker Knight able to senton off the apron, laying out Riddick Moss. Tino Sabatelli would go for history repeating itself against Heavy Machinery, but to no avail. Sabatelli would get caught by the referee, and then he would get caught in the compactor, squished by Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery evening up the least, evening up the latest series in these matchups. One, two, three, a victory for Heavy Machinery, but a little bit of dissension after the match between the big money athletes. Riddick Moss seemingly leaving Tino Sabatelli hanging here. That's why I really dug into Tino Sabatelli standing out as a single star. What does this mean for Moss and Sabatelli? We caught up with Tino in a WWE.com exclusive saying how skeptical he was and that he needed to go find his partner Rather, he needed to go find Riddick Moss. He backtracked from calling the man his partner to really see if they can straighten something out. Maybe just a couple loose gears in the engine of the athletes right now. But Moss and Sabatelli seem to be a little bit shaky. I don't see Riddick Moss able to stand on his own as a singles competitor right now. Maybe he's just a little frustrated that Tino let him down, unable to mimic his tactics for a victory. Maybe Moss just woke up on the wrong side of the bed a couple weeks ago. Who's to say? But Moss and Sabatelli seem to be on the outs. I think Tino Sabatelli can really rebound from this, assuming a singles push is in his direction. The guy can really play the cocky heel to the T. I mentioned his look. I mentioned his money. I mentioned his attitude. The guy's got all the building blocks there, but let's just see what happens with this tag team. I don't know how much of a need NXT is in for heel tag teams at this moment. We don't know how War Machine is going to factor in the division right now. We don't know what's going to happen with these guys. Where are the authors of pain going to be by the end of the next pay-per-view? There's a lot of questions on this road to WrestleMania and on the road to TakeOver New Orleans, but the big money athletes seem to be tampering with a little bit of dissension amongst themselves. I'm really hoping Moss and Sabatelli are able to rebound, but Tino can stand on his own at a later date, but I'm really hoping this tag team does not fall apart at this point in time. I was happy we did get some tag team action this week in a two-on-two scenario. Heavy Machinery walking away with the win always brings a smile to my face, but something that wiped the smile right off my face sitting there live in the Wells Fargo Center was Johnny Gargano unable to attain the NXT Championship. Johnny Gargano taking center stage pun completely intended, in front of this Georgia crowd for the first time since NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. I'm sitting in my NXT TakeOver Philadelphia chair recording this podcast, by the way, in case anybody cares what kind of merchandise I scored at the show. But back to Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano holds respect for the NXT universe. He knows he earned the NXT universe and probably the entire professional wrestling world's respect with that performance against Andrade Cien Almas. Match of the year so far in 2018. It could very well hold that title well through December. Amazing start to 2018 for the NXT roster. But Andrade Cien Almas looking like a established champion to this point. Johnny put on the match of a lifetime. 
But Tommaso Ciampa, he's coming for you. Title or not, this is Johnny freaking wrestling, and he has not forgotten about the redemption he is owed from his former tag team partner, dating back to that vicious attack to end NXT TakeOver Chicago. Once again, met with a crutch shot to his back at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Just when you think those closing credits are going to set in, you're pretty safe, unless your last name is Gargano. Candice LeRae bearing victim, bearing witness to this awful series of events. But he, she did get her hands dirty with Zelina Vega. I'll talk about Vega in just a couple seconds because Andrade Cien Almas, the champion and his business associate, did make their presence known, saying that Johnny did not prove anything which I'm going to respectfully disagree with. I've disagreed with Beautiful Woman in the past, and it's not going to be my last time. Zelina Vega saying that you didn't prove anything to these people. You are a loser, and Andrade Cien Almas holds a 3-0 victory over Johnny Gargano. Let's see what we got here. Oh, co-host and musician Dave says he's catching up on NXT currently himself. So maybe by the time this episode is done, he'll be listening to it in order to get my take on the NXT episodes he is watching. So that's what that text tone was. Back to Johnny Gargano. However, Gargano 3-0 and uh, and 3 against Almas, the champion, has a trilogy sweep over Johnny Wrestling right now. But Gargano did have some comebacks for the champion, like how his second favorite part, aside from earning the NXT Universe's respect, was Candice LeRae jumping and absolutely taking out Zelina Vega and slugging her vicious many times in this takeover Philadelphia. I'm so blown away by that moment. I can't believe Candice LeRae, my favorite female wrestler, has finally signed to the NXT division. I was hoping it would have happened directly after the Mae Young Classic, but it happened pretty soon after that, so I wasn't worried for too long. Mr. and Mrs. Wrestling making their impact on the NXT universe, and Johnny's last impact quite possibly on the NXT universe. Johnny Gargano demanding one more shot at the NXT championship, and if he loses, he will leave NXT. I know, gang. I'm in shock, too. Gargano with a huge proclamation for the NXT fans. What's going to happen? Chaotic scenario. I believe it's going to happen the February 21st edition of NXT. When I bring you that coverage, I'll be sure to lay out exactly what's going on that episode. But Gargano versus Almas, number four, will fourth time be the charm for Johnny Gargano? And will it be the time that matters most with his NXT career on the line? I can't see Johnny Gargano not in NXT, not with the way his career has been going, not with the connection he's making with this NXT audience. But there's also not a very great chance a title doesn't change hands at a TakeOver event. Granted, we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen in one of the most shocking NXT Tag Team Championship changes of all time. That'd be the Blake and Murphy factor winning those titles against the Lucha Dragons. That happens on the episode of NXT television. Not something I expect. So the unexpected title change do take place. I just really would... would Ugh, I really would hate to see Johnny Gargano walk away from NXT, especially with all the traction he's getting, especially with how much of a big-time babyface champion the guy can be. But I'll digress from that for now. 
There's more to say when I cover the February 14th edition of NXT and at the very end of this episode. But February 7th would feature some NXT women's action as well, including an interview with Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Spades, the submission magician, saying exactly what she means. She wanted to lay out Ember Moon at the end of TakeOver. She did that. She wants another shot at the title, whether Ember taps, naps, or snaps. She's walking away with that title, and if Ember's a real champion, she'll put it up for grabs. And Ember did just that on the February 14th edition of NXT, and I'll get to that a little bit later on. Right now, some of the biggest shining stars in the NXT division, well, one of them is the EST of NXT, Bianca Belair, took on Jesse Hill, and Jesse Hill was trained by Terry Funk, offering a... Show of respect to Bianca Belair. I really don't have much coverage for this match, gang. It was your typical squash to show off the power and the great est. That's what the EST stands for. Great est, B, est, best, fastest, strongest, most glamorous. No, that doesn't really work. Any complimentary EST word, you can really put it on Bianca Belair. She is a special talent. That long ponytail is definitely a sight to see as well. If you haven't seen it at an NXT live event or in person, it's even more impressive than it comes across on television. But the strength on display by Bianca Belair, a reverse powerbomb, the... Oh man, what's it called? The alley-oop. The alley-oop reverse powerbomb bringing Bianca Belair another victory on NXT television. A really short... And quick victory for Bianca Belair. This Bianca Belair match would be followed by a promo for the Pirate Princess and Mae Young Classic winner, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane, a talent to watch. And I'll once again get to her a little bit later on. Let's cover the main events for February 7th. It's the Tornado Tag Team, six-man tag team match between the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Defending Tag Team Champions, as well as their leader, Adam Cole, Bebe, taking on Sanity's Alexander Wolfe, Eric Young, and the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane. Killian Dane and gang really looking to bring the chaos, and chaos thrives wherever Sanity goes. Chaos and absolute dismay would not sell short in this matchup. Let me tell you, it was really hard to keep up with the carnage. I personally can't keep up with all that carnage, but there was action inside and there was action outside, and I'll definitely be sure to highlight some of the high points in this main event matchup. This match was straight out of Sanity's playbook. Outside the ring, inside the ring, they were backstage at center stage Team NXT. This was a wild and crazy matchup between these two feuding factions, weapons and all. Killian Dane even countering a very kendo stick he brought in that ring. What an absolute display. And once again, Killian Dane becoming the MVP of these multi-man tag team matchups. 2017 was the year of me becoming a fan of Killian Dane. And I just interviewed former member Sawyer Fulton. Shout out to Sawyer once again for granting me the opportunity. And shout out to Comic Book Jones out here in Staten Island for that opportunity. Let me get back into podcast mode, outside of advertiser mode. And Killian Dane would be my favorite member 
of sanity right now, if you ask me today. What an unbelievable show in that War Games match. And this match tonight, he flung fish into four other men. Killian Dane just with these absolute feats. The suicide dive taking out his sanity brethren. Just a matter of, what, last week? Two weeks? I guess two weeks ago as of release of this episode. But regardless, Killian Dane pulling out some absolute chaotic moments in every match that he's in, including the Minshinoku driver on both of the tag team champions. I'm trying to highlight somebody else here, but I'm just such in Killian Dane fanboy mode, and I'm running a little bit long into the February 7th edition of NXT. Let's jump to the ending, though. Eric Young managing to kick out of a brain buster by Adam Cole. An unbelievable move. I think it's a better finisher for Adam Cole than that shining wizard that we've seen. Just one man's opinion, though. Killian Dane calls out all three members of the Undisputed Era and then kind of shoves them off like the Incredible Hulk. Unbelievable. This is like the Killian Dane spotlight five minutes, I guess, here, Team NXT. I hope you all appreciate my fanboying, and I hope there's most of you agreeing out there with me. But an Ulster plantation to Bobby Fish would secure the victory for Sanity. Sanity adding a battle under their belts in this war with the Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era with the off-the-field, off-the-battlefield tactics. Sanity able to strike back in the beginning of the show. Just an unbelievable back and forth. I really hope this is the feud that sends one of these factions up to the main roster, or you send both of them up at the same time and you send one to each show. I really don't know how you escalate anybody's career from there. You gotta give Adam Cole an NXT Championship match first, of course, but I'm really hoping that the faction warfare could partake somehow. We've seen Killian Dane make his claim known for the NXT Championship in the Valentine's Day, February 14th edition of NXT, and let's jump into that right now. And the February 14th edition of NXT, highlighted by Dual Championship Duels. You've heard me say that phrase before, and it's one I really appreciate using, especially when it's highlighted by two great matches. First, the UK Championship up for grabs as the bruiserweight Pete Dunne puts it on the line against Roderick Strong. Strong looking to be the first American-born UK Championship, an honor that was once in the grasp of Johnny Gargano. An unbelievable match with Pete Dunne. He had a great number one contendership match against the first UK Champion, Tyler Bate, earlier at Philadelphia, the post-show, pre-show edition of NXT, as well as a TakeOver Philadelphia rematch between Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Tap, snap, or nap, according to Baszler, and Ember Moon saying she's a fighting champion and wants to put this bully right in her place, willing to put the championship on the line once again in the process. Pete Dunne and Strong would kick off this edition of NXT, and it was technically an equal playing field in this one. Unbelievable grasp on wrestling and the foundations. And Pete Dunne, let's face it, the guy knows more about joint manipulation than Tommy Chung and Roderick Strong, the messiah of the backbreaker. Both guys really pulling to their strengths. Dunne focusing on the arm of Strong, 
trying to take the grip out of the backbreaker and later on his pinfall attempts. Nigel McGinn is pointing out how loose the grip of Roderick Strong was, and that unfortunately a major factor in him not securing the UK title. I love when there's little specifics given by commentary. Like JR used to say, when a guy goes for a pinfall, knowing he's not going to get the three, it exerts energy and makes the guy waste some precious breath. I really wish they would start addressing things like that. It really adds the sports aspect, and I appreciated that little bit of coverage by Nigel McGuinness. A backbreaker on the steps would serve Roderick Strong very well, almost hitting that end of heartache in this match as well really focusing the attack on Pete Dunne's back. But Pete Dunne taking a page out of Shayna Baszler's playbook and using the steel steps to cause a very similar arm injury to Pete, to Roderick Strong. Unbelievable tacticianship on both men. Is tacticianship a word? Give me a grammar lesson if I'm wrong on that Team NXT. But Pete Dunne with another successful title defense by the snapped fingers, and then followed by the bitter end. Unbelievable ending sequence by Roddy, though, but it just wasn't enough. Pete Dunne, the bruiserweight, walks away with another victory, vanquishing his second American-born opponent and defending his UK title successfully. Let's face it, Pete Dunne is a fighting champion. I don't know who, as an American, can beat him, but I know some guys in the UK division I would like to see take him on. I'm waiting to see that Mark Andrews singles match, but Mark Andrews, speaking of the UK division and my favorite, the high-flying and stage-diving participants will be advancing in the Cruiserweight Classic 2? Anyway, the 16-man Cruiserweight Classic Tournament Brought to you by Rockstar Spud, DM the GM, Drake Maverick, unbelievable revamping of 205 Live, another aspect of WWE under Triple H's control. I am so incredibly hyped for that, especially as a fan of Cruiserweight Wrestling, really thinking about adding a Cruiser Waves segment to the show. I know I mentioned doing it for Poughkeepsie, but that was at a really bad time for me as an Enzo Amore fan, possibly his last match in WWE ever was against Cedric Alexander with Nia Jax as a special guest referee. I was in attendance for that. Blah, 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 blah. Sorry to sidetrack. Pete Dunne's a fighting champion. I want to see him jump into the ring with guys like Wolfgang and Joseph Connors and Finn Bauer's little apprentice, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of the guy, but he's got a really snarly heel thing to him, assuming they put the UK division t- championship on a UK babyface. But two American opponents vanquished by the Bruiserweight due to some unbelievable ring IQ. And this was followed by a recap of Johnny Gargano stating the match of a lifetime promo, Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega forcing him to put his NXT career on the line just by pure manipulation. Johnny Gargano just showing he's willing to do whatever it takes. It's the championship versus NXT career. What's going to happen with Johnny Gargano? Give me your shoutouts and your thoughts. I really don't think Johnny Wrestling is ready to leave NXT, but if he does go up and on to better and better things, it better be a damn good placement I don't want to see him just kind of float in a cruiserweight division. Johnny Gargano is the last 
true every man's baby face. The last of the white meat, I believe I read Triple H refer to him as. So I don't want to see Johnny Gargano leave, especially with the open chapter, excuse me, this open novel that hasn't even begun to been written with Tommaso Ciampa. This rivalry exists and was bred in NXT. I can't see it moving from NXT without the TakeOver Chicago and TakeOver Philadelphia redemption story at least a little bit told. If you want to continue it because Tommaso Ciampa qualifies in the Cruiserweight tournament or Johnny Gargano does or vice versa and they're away from each other for a while and not sharing the NXT brand, that's fine. But I think it's one of those things that needs to be settled in an NXT ring and the takeover before WrestleMania is the perfect place to do it. Just my two cents. Give me your thoughts on that one, Team NXT, at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter and where you will find most of the interaction, as well as some live polls going up. I'm trying to get this episode out before the most recent edition of Monday Night Raw, which would be February 19th. But moving on now, Dream, Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, once again, just... Not feeling the ambiance of where the paparazzi and NXT journalism seems to be following him, but No Way Jose will be the next to experience the Velveteen Dream. And Dream can bring the experience as long as Jose is bringing the fiesta. These are two sizable guys who I think NXT is going to breed very, very well as up-and-comers in the career. No way, Jose. We know the brilliance of his crowd interaction. Velveteen Dream, I'll point you to that Aleister Black rivalry and the ovation he got against Cassius Ono in Philadelphia. I did watch it again on NXT television on the WWE Network a couple times by now, and the reaction on television does not do it justice. What an unbelievable pop Velveteen Dream got And have we mentioned he's in his early 20s, still 24 years of age. The guy is definitely going places. No Way Jose versus Velveteen Dream next week. What is going to be the next experience of Velveteen Dream? I do hope Dream is ready to experience a little bit of a party. I'm uh, I'm gyrating a little bit in my seat here. But moving on from Velveteen Dream, I referred to Aleister Black and the Aleister Black the Dutch Destroyer, the Dark One, very sharply dressed this evening, looking to spill his mind and speak out to the NXT audience. Not something we see Aleister Black do very often, but there's a devil on his back, folks. There's a devil on his back, and it's driving him towards the NXT Championship. I've been waiting for Aleister Black to once again display his interest in that championship after that fatal four-way. Pinned by Johnny Gargano, still the biggest shock of 2017 in my book. Anyway, Aleister Black, devil on his back, driving him towards the NXT title, but that might not be the devil that's driving him. Killian Dane, the representative of Sanity, the former Fatal 4-Way opponent of his, the devil isn't on your back, I am unbelievably chilling words when delivered with that dark and deep brogue that is the Beast of Belfast's voice. 
Man, I've been waiting on a Lars Sullivan-Killian Dane match, but I'm going to leave wrestling journalism to the dirt sheets where they belong. This is for discussion. I'm not going to mention anything like I've read. If you want to check out the latest news on Lars Sullivan, I'll be happy to discuss that with you, but I just don't believe those rumors are true. But I can't believe he's being written out of a NXT story with Killian Dane for not showing up. I mean... There goes me not talking about it. Uh, Lars Sullivan reported not to be showing up to the Performance Center, and that's why the Killian Dane-Lars Sullivan match was swapped out from TakeOver. It's all it's all hearsay. I'm not going to dwell on any cynicism. You guys know the show better than that. But Killian Dane versus Aleister Black, still an excellent match, still a match with potential, and just one of those things, I just didn't know I wanted to see it, but now... I want to see it, and I'm just getting it a little bit sooner than I expected. Killian Dane will be representing Sanity in the NXT Championship chase. Eric Young and Alexandra Wolfe, I guess, still holding up the tag team front. But Aleister Black warning that you will be stopped because you crossed me, and now you must fade to Black. Some chilling words by the Dutch Destroyer against the Beast of Belfast. Cannot wait to see that match. Really hoping it's a direct number one contendership. Ugh, the potential that has. Unbelievable. Great match and great little rivalry for Aleister Black leading towards another TakeOver Championship match. Where is the road to New Orleans going to take us? It takes us through Australia with TM61 back in action for the first time at center stage. Man, I thought I'd be able to settle down from Killian Dane fanboy mode earlier in this episode, but that promo with Aleister Black really hyped me up. I'm going to direct myself back towards tag team action and the Australian tandem of TM61 returning to NXT television and taking on John Skyler, who I believe we've seen before. I don't think he was... No. I think he was one of Lars Sullivan's victims back to Killian Dane's former hyped opponent that I'm still waiting on that match. Anyway, Andrew Duckworth was his tag team partner, not a name I recognize there, Team NXT. I'm pretty sure I'd recognize that one. And another rebound match for TM61, coming off that impressive showing with the Ely brothers in Philadelphia. Great match unexpected talents in the Ely Brothers. Definitely a team to keep on your radar. Check out that post-show, pre-show edition of NXT if you haven't. But TM61 in another showcase showing the dynamics and the charismatics. And Shane Thorne and Nick Miller are rising stars. And I can't believe we have... I'm so happy that the memories of TM61 are not the only things we have anymore. If I could paraphrase one half of that team for just a quick second there. TM61 is just building their legacy here in NXT. I think they can be the next babyface tag team and really a supportive duo. I want to see them go all the way in the Dusty Tag Team Classic again. I feel like that's a redemption story in the making and they get that trophy, they get the titles and Australia celebrates and I'm right on board with that Huge fan of the duo from Down Under and that Thunder Valley finisher that would finish the match for them. In the past two weeks, we've had TM61 and Heavy Machinery pick up big wins in the NXT Tag Team Division. 
That gives me my doubts about Sanity getting those titles back and joining the Revival in the ranks of two-time NXT Tag Team Champions. Just one man's opinion. Can the chaos surprise me? Absolutely. The potential is there. Killian Dane might be the next number one contender for the NXT Championship, and we might have a power faction of Sanity that I know my most consistent co-host, Nikki Six, would be vying for if he was here on this edition, but he's not. Let's talk tag team wrestling. TM6 won another big win. They could be stepping up to the plate. Heavy Machinery also could be stepping in line, assuming Sanity does not regain those titles. So two big-time babyface teams with a lot of potential, and including the Street Profits. They're doing such a good job of building babyface tag teams in NXT that you can get behind, as well as teams that are really at their... If you look at them at the surface, take all the in-ring ability and everything incredible about Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish between the ropes, and they're pretty dislikable guys. So the heel tag teams are just the, all the tag teams in NXT doing everything right. The top three babyface teams, Street Profits, TM61, Heavy Machinery, all with impressive win-loss records in 2017. Granted, TM61 able to make their return this year. The long-awaited return and rise of TM61 is due, folks. Those other teams just make the division all the more interesting, but you can count on me pulling for TM61 in all of the chaos, especially with the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, hopefully right around the corner. Give me your early picks for the winners of the Dusty Classic. It's one of my favorite events NXT does. I'm really hoping another solid team like the Authors of Pain are able to win it. I'm a huge Finn Balor fan, but I wasn't thrilled with Balor and Joe winning, well, Joe being Samoa Joe, not Average Joe, the submission machine Samoa Joe and the Demon King Finn Balor. That sounds a whole lot better. Securing the win, the first Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, but I need somebody with chemistry. I need an established team to take it this year, and a TM61 redemption story is my pick. But talking about redemption stories, speaking about fighting for her division, Ember Moon takes on Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Ember Moon, the mythic warrior, the Shinam, as Moro has deemed her the past couple weeks, looking to bully-proof NXT. Once again, a campaign I, as a martial artist, a karate practitioner for 15-plus years, is all about myself. Been fighting that fight a long time, folks, and it's just nice to see a champion standing up for it as well. The champion's passion of Ember Moon, working with that agitated arm injury brought upon by Shayna Baszler at TakeOver Philadelphia, but Shayna Baszler unable to match the ring IQ at the time in Philly with an aggressive Ember Moon, a fighting champion, able to retain in Philadelphia. But an aggressive Ember Moon would also start this matchup, looking to take it straight to the challenger, and a suicide dive directly into the desk would send a big message Moro Ronaldo with an early Mamma Mia in this one, and I was all about that too. Great women's match. I feel like Shayna not ready to be champion yet, but it did look like she's piecing together the professional wrestling transition very, very well. I honestly hope Ronda 
as a Ronda Rousey fan, is able to make just an impressive transition into a professional wrestling character. Granted, there's not much to Baszler, but sometimes simple works, and in NXT, we've seen that work multiple times. Baszler working this bully character to the T, and it was displayed in this arm assault in this match again. Just the simplicity of the attack, but the aggression as well. Using the barricade to lock Ember Moon's arm and shoulder, once again working the Juji Gatame arm bar, you might know it as the cross arm breaker, but the barricade attack, the real high point in the match that stood out to me, but that would be matched with the Pirate Princess, Kairi Sane, making a return to NXT television. I mentioned the promo video earlier. I didn't want to spoil, even though it's my own show, the discussion that would happen later. Pirate Princess swinging into action to defend her confidant, Ember Moon, against the bullying Baszler. Baszler making her NXT television debut. Not in-ring debut, but her TV debut at Kyrie Sane's expense with that rear naked choke, just like Ember Moon was a victim of in Philly. But the Pirate Princess able to deliver a vicious spear to Baszler and help out Ember Moon. I mentioned it before, I want to see the two May Young Classic finalists and Ember Moon in a triple threat match for that title. You got two of the finalists from the first women's tournament in WWE. And you have the reigning NXT Women's Champion, Asuka's toughest opponent to this date. On paper, that match should be one of the prime time highlights on a TakeOver card. It sounds damn good to me. Just give me all your thoughts on that, Team NXT. Thank you for bearing with me on this two-week coverage edition of NXT. I'm hoping I'm making your car rides or commutes just a little bit easier with some NXT discussion, and just a little bit of think about as you go to your minds. And as things pop into your minds that you want to share with me, remember to follow all of the social media outreach platforms. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter, probably the best way to reach me. I plugged it earlier in the show, like I usually do. Give me all your tag team women's NXT championship, number one contender, rivalry, opportunity. Where's Johnny Gargano going to be? What's going to happen? It's a spoiler-free zone, so I don't read taping results myself, but I'm tempted. This story has me wild right now. All I could think about is what Johnny Gargano is going to do next. I have never been emotionally invested in a superstar since Dan O'Brien's WrestleMania 30 moment come to mind the heist of the century by the undisputed future, Seth Rollins, another thing that pulled at my heartstrings, but this journey of Johnny Gargano and the Tommaso Ciampa rivalry, I know this was a social media platform plug that took a sharp left turn, but I'll drift back to that in a second as soon as I speak my heart out about Johnny Gargano. So get at me with those thoughts and everything else on the Twitter at podcast underscore UF at undisputed future podcast. All one word is the Instagram. You'll see more pictures of my dog. That's right. Team NXT. I'm going to put animal pictures up. He's got his own WWE ring bed. He's got a money in the bank briefcase rope toy. I'm I'm spoiling the little guy, but it's my first dog 
Did I mention that? That's why this episode's coming out at the time. It is hopefully right before Monday Night Raw if I really put my nose to the grindstone. And I'm going to wrap things up by saying please follow me on the Facebook. I'm trying to get more interaction on that. Blah, blah, blah. You've heard that before. If you listen to me, reach out to me on the Facebook. Give me the likes. Give me the motivation. If you want to direct message me on there, it'll definitely get my attention. And I'll remember, people want to watch me on all, well, people want to listen to me on all different mediums and people want to outreach and discuss WWE NXT as much as I do on all different ways on the internet. So reach out to me on the Facebook, Stitcher, Google Play, trying to get on Spotify. You can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud primarily as your primary listening forms for the show. Thank you once again. I am CD Danny Mac, Team NXT. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and happy Rusev Day.